Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making stuff, making things happen or not, creative people. I love to talk to them. And today, my guest is one of my old magazine world buddies, Susan Swimmer. She is a writer and a fashion expert, and I met her years ago when uh, she was editing Marie Claire and I was writing stories for her, and that was a blast. Um, before we get to Susan, I, I just want to give a shout out to a few folks who donated to my virtual tip jar. A lot of them are Derek Hartley fans. So um, Derek's going to be my guest for every future podcast that I ever do. Um, no, but I want to give a shout out to Angela Hollander, Augie Fitzer. This is the longest name. Figueroa. Wait, let me get the, let me get it right. It's I think it's like a combination name. Augie Figueroa Canizales. That was all one word. The second part. Anyway. And uh, Robert Rifkin, thank you. Carl Sanito, thank you so much. Uh, it helps me pay for little expenses that came up. And, you know, I was in New York and I was, uh, I did three podcasts while I was there. So I was zipping around the subway and taking care of stuff. And, and uh, your donations helped me, uh, help me manage all of that and, and keep it going. Um, so you can donate if you want at DennisAnyone.net. You can also... Uh, see all the podcasts there. They're, they're all cataloged. And I'm also going to post, Susan talks about um, getting some chocolates at the White House. And I had her take a picture with the White House chocolates. So I'm going to post that on DennisAnyone.net under Susan's podcast. So that's what you can do at DennisAnyone.net. I would love it if you liked the Dennis Anyone Facebook page, if you wanted to write a review on iTunes, if you like a podcast, share the link, all of that stuff. Anything to keep it going, keep it growing. And, um, you know, blow it up, as they say. All right, without any further ado, here is the delightful Susan Swimmer. Hey there, I'm coming to you. I'm, I'm thinking of the Green Acres theme song because I'm like, <laughs> darling, I love you, but give me Park Avenue. I'm on Park Avenue <gasps> in New York with my guest today, fashion expert Susan Swimmer. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Park Avenue. I know. Well, we've been friends for years, longer than I even thought. I know. We were we just were having a chat about that, how many years we go back. It goes way back. And Do you think we're at that point where we shouldn't put numbers on it? Like, you well, know, sometimes you can't say, well, we've been friends for 40 years. I think yeah. we cannot put We don't have to put numbers okay. on it. It's almost like when you get Instagram, you go to like from when it's, they list the names to the numbers. I don't even know what you're talking You're speaking a foreign language <laughs> to me. What do you mean? No, when you, you when you get your likes on your Instagram. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, it, there's a point where it goes from names to numbers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's not just it's not just so and so likes it. It's like 58 people like Correct. it. Correct. Right. All right. All right. Sorry. Well, Susan well, hired me as a writer to when she was working at Marie Claire magazine. I poached you from another magazine. Yeah. I and, mean, yeah. And it was so. Neat working with you, and I loved all the stories that we worked on together. And it was a sign of my immorality that I was willing to just take you from. Who did you place. take me from? Like Cosmo or Glamour or somewhere? I, I, I was freelancer. I was a free agent. I, I I go where the wind blows. And I snapped you, know what? you up. I'm, I I can't be tied down like that. Um, but th what was cool about Marie Claire in those days, or it might have been a nightmare. I don't know. But you guys always did more than a profile, like. Yeah. I, I went to a horse place with Rosaria Dawson. Right, right. And I went to a, a preemie baby hospital with Misha Barton. Oh, right. That's right. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Who I And she was just on Dancing with the Stars. Did you happen to catch any I of that? I did not. She was, she was kind of a 
a dullard when I interviewed her. Yeah, like, I re- just nothing I there. That. And it was, remember, it was hard yes. to get an interesting story. And it was hard to figure out what she was going to do. Wait, so let's, so let's, yeah, let's, she so, was like, like, and she was like, I like babies. So right. We went to this place. <laughs> and, babies. So that was the thing at Mary Claire was that, so I did the, I worked on those cover stories. Yeah. And it was always, we called them a stunt. Yeah. Um, so first we'd figure out, we would book the celebrity. Right. And, but it was, they were booked knowing that they had to do something. Right. Um, we famously put Gwyneth Paltrow on, on an island. Deserted island. And you brought her days. back though, which I think a lot of people were upset about. We did. And when I say it was deserted <laughs> island, um, you know, deserted in a sense where she had like full backup and a generator. No. Um, it was sort of an island, but there were people watching out. But anyway, that was like, so that was our thing. We would do these stunts and you know, it was always so interesting because some people were totally into it and would do it. And other people just, you like Misha Barton, you just not interested in anything, not passionate about anything, seem to not have a sense of humor. It was yeah. rough. It was rough. Sorry, Misha, dumping on no, you. No, she, right off but, the then, but then I saw her on Dancing with the Stars, and she didn't do well on there, and she was miserable, and mm. you could felt like she was just on the verge of a nervous breakdown, and like, Ooh. It oh, was, I would have liked to see that. Oh, it was rough. <laughs> so it was everything I feared based on my adventure in the hospital with her, but, um, you know, I hope she pulls through and she's okay. Yeah. What too. was your favorite stunt that you guys did? God, you know, um... I drove around L.A. with Jessica Alba and took pictures of her favorite things. Oh, God, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. This was before we had cameras in our phones. So, like, I remember making sure I had a camera and sending in the film and, yeah. Oh, that's right. Uh, you know, we did a big one with Salma Hayek. We um, sent her down a walk. We did a, de- a demonstration in Washington, D.C. Um... She she she's feisty. I mean, she's yeah. super bossy, but she she was she's that was passionate. that was that was she's super passionate, and that was a good one. Um, you know, I love the thing you did with was it? Did you do the one with Deborah Messing where she played matchmaker? Yes, was that we you? did. Yeah, she was a really good sport. Yeah, about that she, she was, was good. She it was like uh, the Bachelor only she was you know Chris Harrison or something. Right, like she organized the dating and right, yeah, yeah. It right. was at the Chateau. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, and um. With Drew Barrymore, we sent her... Actually, we sent her on a trip to Africa. Um, the ones that I liked were, like, the most complicated ones. Oh, just sure. because I'm, like, that's the producer in me. Yeah. Um, getting permits and approvals. Yeah. And if it can, like, cross cultural barriers and involve more than two languages. Um, You're all about I'm it. All, I'm all at, like, a few different time zones. I'm all about it. So I kind of liked... I mean, I guess that's why they kept me around, because I, I really like the more complicated, the better. And you... They... Drew Barrymore went to Africa for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's... You, you That's really, like a week of your life, at least. Oh. Yeah. Oh, honey. That was weeks and weeks. And you haven't lived until you're literally on call 24 hours a day in case there's a problem and yeah. Drew Barrymore is calling you from Nairobi and wow you didn't go yeah. with so. no 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 yeah. and but it was it was actually really cool and she was lovely and um she did she did a couple stories with us over the years but she was lovely and she was very moved by the experience she went to it to look at a school that was started for young girls trying to educate young girls this is way back in the day before Mrs. Obama even took it on or Madonna for that matter and um, she was very moved by the experience and very humbled by the experience and let herself kind of be raw and I really appreciated that about her because right. let's face it most of them needed their glam team you know like you just couldn't get that realness right 
And I, you know, you and I have talked about that. That's the hard thing about interviewing celebrities today is that you can't get that realness. You, you, it's like everything is so contrived and choreographed and planned and glammed. Yeah. Um, so and they don't need the press like they used to. They've got Instagram no, and Twitter and everything right. else. That's right. That's right. They don't need it. So, I don't know. It, it's sort of sad to me that you don't have those as many of those experiences. But um, Drew was great, though. Drew was great. I love it. Who's been your favorite interview? People ask me that a lot. But I know. Oh, do they ask you? Yeah, who are my favorites? Um, I have a couple. So okay. I, I love Gwen Stefani. This is from when I personally did yeah. the interview. Yeah, I love Gwen Stefani. Yeah. Um, definitely. How are you following her current love affair and her new thing with Blake? Of, of and course like, I'm following it's, it. Yeah. I'm por- so I feel I, like she's coming out okay. I like the new music. Um, I, I love her. I think she's... I always say, can I swear? On yeah, that? totally. She's super fucking sexy cool. Like, she yeah. is the sexiest, coolest girl. And by the way, like, super inspiring style-wise, which is a whole other part of my life. Which, yeah. So, um, I, loved, I, I loved her, and when I interviewed her, I was able to bring these cheesy snapshots that I had taken with my little Kodak camera right. from one of her early concerts in California when she was nobody, brown right. hair, on the beach, her brother was in the band, and I literally was taking pictures from the audience, and I showed her these pictures that I had. Oh, my gosh. Because um, I was, like, a super fan from the very beginning. Yeah. Um, so I loved her. I loved her. What did she say when she saw the pictures? Um, she just was, she's like, can't believe you saved these. Right. I was like, well, you know, hoarders, hello. But, yeah. um, so I love her. Um, you know who I love? I love Brooke Shields. That's cool. I love her. I've interviewed her many times over, like, yeah. the many chapters of her life. I first interviewed her when she was... Newly married to Andre Agassi. Right. Um, I've interviewed her all through. I think she's smart, and she is. She has such a terrific sense of humor. Like she's really side-splittingly funny, and I don't think like that was surprised me about. Yeah, her. I've never got to interview her. Yeah, I really liked her. That's um, cool. She's reinvented herself a million times. Yep. Music theater. Yeah. Come on. Yep. You know, it was so interesting to talk to her. The last time I interviewed her was probably like let's say two thousand. 10 or something. Right. And I don't know what was happening specifically, but there was some, you know, big story about like how Britney Spears was out partying with her parents and, you know, all that talk about these young girls and how the parents aren't parenting, they're partying and all this stuff. Or it was like, it was like, it was one of those. Lohan or somebody. Yeah. Well, yeah, low exactly. It was one of those, one of those blondes. Anyway, it was so interesting to talk to Brooke Shields about it because in her day, her mother was very watchful of her and very strict with her and took a lot of shit for it. You know, right. that she was like, you know, pulling all the Brooke strings right. and that Brooke couldn't be her real person. Now it's like the opposite. These girls are literally the mothers are doing lines of cocaine with them and people right. think that, but it was just Brooke's perspective. Like, God, my mom took so much shit right. but for she being so careful with me, but yeah. she was grateful for, yeah. for that. Cause um, she had her book about her mom and I guess yeah. she, Sounds like it was a mixed bag with her mom. Yeah, yep. I think it, yeah. Super yeah. complicated family stuff. There. I remember once you talked to me about interviewing Lance Armstrong. That, right? was, that was my worst interview. Yeah, why? See, from best to worst. Okay, he's a dick. Okay. So let's just start there. I interviewed he seems him. like a dick, even Total before dick. the steroid. This connection. was before all that. This is, yeah. this is right after he won the sixth tour. So okay. this is like, you know. He's flying high. He's, literally, he's flying high. And it was a cover story for, I want to say, maybe not, maybe Redbook? Okay. Or maybe it was Redbook. 
And, you know, so cover story, you need a 2,000 word feature, or yeah. multiple pages, right? Well, trying to get an interview time with him, you know, you'd think... Let me put it this way. I interviewed Bill Clinton when he was a sitting president, and right. he had more time for me than Lance Armstrong. Right. He, he kept putting off the interview time, kept changing it and changing it. In the end, he gave me, on the phone, he gave me, I think it was something like 14 minutes, 20 seconds. I mean, l- literally, yeah. that's as We were supposed to meet here. We were supposed to meet there. I was going to fly to L.A. He was going to be in New York. We had all these different meetings, airline tickets that that were bought and canceled for me. And in the end, it was a phoner for about 14 minutes. And he was on his BlackBerry the entire time. Really, dude? I mean, I know that I'm possibly meaningless in your life, but it's a feature cover story. And just thought it was so disrespectful. Like, I'm here to do a job, and you're doing a job, and this is to promote you and your life and live strong and... Dick. So, right, because it was all around the Livestrong stuff, which was, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, you know, you get paid, here's the inside scoop, you know, you get, you get paid a fee yeah. to write the story, right? Well, the way it works is, three months after publication, the rights revert back to the writer. Right. And for celebrities, I always would resell it to, like, you know, in other countries, other magazines, and you'd get a couple of, you yeah. know, a couple shekels here and there. But it'd be, it, would, it would add up. Right. But I would never resell a story... Unless I got permission. Like, Brooke Shields, international star, I always asked her, when it was time, can I resell? And she was always very gracious. And yeah. she was always like, just get as much money as you can. I mean, she was yeah. wonderful. So, you know, if your original fee was five, $6,000, you'd then get a thousand, another 1000 a 1000 here. It was like increments of, right, right, all good for a writer who needs to buy new shoes. So, with Lance Armstrong, he was such a dick, did not ask permission. I sold it. Everywhere, like Uzbekistan Weekly, right? Any shitty publication that would take it, I sold it. And with the, all the money I made with it, I bought myself a fur coat, which I'd always wanted. Is that bad? I know it's not. I'm like, <laughs> it's so amazing. I'm so I thought you were going to say, I, do, I, do, I, you were gonna say, I donated, I donated it, it to yeah. his cancer yeah, organization. No, 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 no. I, I donated to, to, to the, <laughs> the Live Strong I Foundation. I to like. Susan Strong. <laughs> I know. It's like, I'm so shallow. I'm so. But anyway, because I just was like, you're just. Duh. Didn't yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's your Lance Armstrong coat. Yeah, that's my Lance Armstrong Do you Lance still Armstrong. rock it? Yeah, baby, I still rock it. Uh-huh. Do you ever, do people ever throw blood on you or anything like that? No. Yes. You know, we New Yorkers are like, I think we're really over that. Yeah. It's all, it's I, I'll tell you this though, I wouldn't, today I wouldn't buy a fur coat. Yeah. That I, You've I, evolved on that. I, yeah, I did. And like, yeah, I just, I wouldn't feel comfortable. Did, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I I eat hamburgers and I wear leather shoes. I don't know what to tell you, but I wouldn't there buy you fur. Go. I wouldn't but buy. But you fur. have a Lance Armstrong fur coat. Yeah. Is it like long or is it like? It's ha- um, Dennis. It is a three quarter black sheared mink. Holy shit! Baby, I'm and not messing you sold that so many places that you were able to buy that. I mean, I bought it on sale. I work right. in fashion, so I don't. Yeah. Buy, I, no one pays full retail, but yeah, right. I bought it on sale Amazing. at Saks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who have you interviewed that? I mean, it's a fantasy, but it's and it's inappropriate and it's not professional. But that one where they're like, after the interview, they're like, "Hey, you want to have a drink?" Like, who, if you could well, have that fantasy with anybody? Well, I ha- I, baby, I had it. I lived it. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so Ashley Judd. Okay. First of all, I don't, I don't, I rarely interview men. Right. So, like the fantasy, like, is that what you're doing? Yeah. Oh, like, okay. like the date. Oh, yeah. No, because I, okay. I don't, I rarely. You don't interview that many. I don't men. interview that many men and. I'm Clinton. What about President Clinton? Clinton? Oh. Did, did you it get was, it? Did he have that Clinton interpersonal charisma power yeah, thing that people yeah, talk about? a thousand percent. I yeah. actually interviewed um, 
Bill and Hillary together. Excellent. Um, while he was sitting president, uh, definitely a thrill. I found them both to be so charismatic, engaged. I mean, when they, both of them, both of them, and they were super connected and they connected with me. And what was the occasion? Um, it was for Glamour magazine. Magazine. Yeah. Glamour magazine. It was for Glamour magazine. This was a, you know, obviously yeah. a long time ago. Um, so that was awesome, but no, but I had, so actually Judd, I was interviewing, um, okay. That was for Mary Claire. Right. Sometimes I, I did a few of them. Sure. When you weren't, whatever. When I was I, available. I, 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 I took the scraps that fell yeah. off of your plate. Please. So Ashley Judd, so I flew to Nashville and it happened to be Mother's Day weekend and I was a new-ish mother. So mm-hmm. my oldest was like maybe two or three years old at the time. And, but whatever, it was like Ashley Judd. I can miss Mother's Day. We can celebrate right. another day. Fl- flew to Nashville. And um, there's a time difference. There's a, it's, it's an hour earlier. So, of course, I showed up to her house an hour too early. Right. But I didn't realize it. Except they sort of, she sort of kept me waiting and she was surprised to see me. And she was in a meeting and would be okay. And I, yeah. and I just thought... And, she, and I waited literally an hour and I thought, it's a little bit rude. But I totally... It wasn't until yeah. literally days later that I realized I showed up an hour early. Okay. Yeah. So we had this interview and um, I really liked her. She and I both speak French and we both love grammar. Okay. So that... You know, like... She's super smart words person. She, she's super articulate. Yeah. But you know, it's like when you interview these people, it's like speed dating. You've got yeah. to find the connections really early. Right. So, okay. And I brought her this new book that had just come out about grammar because I knew that she loved grammar. So mm. bonded. And we had this interview. We like it, it was at her house. She didn't have any people around. She had no hair and makeup. Um, she was dressed in like this little, like a sundress with boots because she lives on a farm. Right. Did I want something to drink? She like made us a tray with some snacks and drinks. It was just the two of us. And we sat outside in her little table in her garden. And we had this great talk. And we totally connected. And you know. And then she's like, "Well, then we finished." And you know, pencils down. And I thanked her profusely, and she's like, well, do you have plans the rest of the day? I was like, um, no, I just, you know, flew in to talk right. to you. And um, she's like, well, do you want to take a walk? You know, you want to see the property? Yeah. She um, lent me some sneakers, because I was, of course, wearing my little Manolo Blahnik. Did you, did they, ma- did they fit? No, because I yeah. have tiny feet, but I just, yeah. you know, whatever. You made it go. You made it work. I made it work. Make it work. And God, we walked all over the property. At one point, she had to pee, and like it, it happens. Yeah, I mean, we're like out in the woods, and she just like ducked behind a tree. And <laughs> I, I, that's yeah. amazing. One of the juds peed by a, peed by a tree right. by you. And she's, she's like she's super nature girl, and right. so she had all these little birdhouses on her property, and it being spring, like the little birds had just. Hatched, right. and we she was we were walking around and climbing up trees and stuff to lift the little bird boxes to peek in and see the newly hatched birds and all her dogs followed us around and she it was just like she was so lovely and warm and we talked about a lot of stuff off the record like right. that crazy family um, which I won't repeat but. I just loved it. And then came back to her house, and then I got a tour of the house. And of course, at one point, I looked at her, I was, and I gave her this knowing look. She goes, You want to see the closet? I was like, Yes, I want to see the closet. Wow, I love it. And it was basically just an archive of Giorgio Armani. And right, because that's her main dude. That's her thing. And so I literally was like, like literally petting the Armani. I'm touching Couture, I'm touching Couture. And, um, you know, we hung out in her house that night. Then 
was getting late, and so... Oh, oh, and also, like, you know, in her kitchen, she has one of these, she, it's like a farmhouse, big open kitchen, and on the refrigerator, you know how everyone puts shit up on the refrigerator with magnets? Yeah. Okay, well, what Ashley Judd puts up is, like, the note from Oprah, and a funny little scribble from Morgan Freeman. Right. That's what's on her fridge. Of course. Which I was drooling over, of course. Well, the Judds go to Oprah for, like, family therapy. Like, right, it's, right. The Judds on Oprah is must-see TV. Oh, Oprah is their family therapist. It's crazy. I know, But I know. sometimes Ashley, there was that one episode where I thought Ashley did not look like she wanted to be there. It was really bad. Oh, there have been some, like, painful... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, like, we hung out that we went out, went into town and went out to dinner to some, you know, like, barbecue place. It was awesome. That's so cool. That's a I felt like I was really on your dream date with you and Ashley Judd. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, another woman that you have written about is Michelle Obama, our first lady. Yes. You wrote a book about her style right after they, during the first term, right? Right, right. So they, they were kind of newly elected and it was right when they went on that first European tour, which I believe was in the first year that they were there. Right. And it was like a big, uh, suddenly everyone, you know, everyone had been asleep during the Laura Bush years because right. she's a lovely woman with no fashion sense whatsoever. Right. And then, you know, Michelle Obama comes in and she had a lot of help, but so people were talking about her fashion and it literally, it dropped in my lap. I was working at Moore Magazine at the time. Right. And I had written, I had done an interview with this designer, Isabel Toledo, which we ran in Moore Magazine. And Isabel Toledo famously designed her, the first inaugural, for, her, for his first inauguration, she designed the day outfit that Mrs. Right. Obama wore. And a lot of people talk about it. So I did this story on Isabel Toledo, and somehow a publisher wanted to quickly get out a book about how Michelle Obama was sort of changing the face of American fashion, and could I quickly write it? Um, right, it was one of those quickies. Super, super so quickie. break down the time frame. You get a call. I get a call. A week later, the contract is signed, and then it was due, I think, five weeks or six weeks after that. Wow. And how picture-intensive is it? It's pretty picture-intensive. Um... But it was a lot of research. So doing the photo research, and I ended up, a really good friend of mine helped me with the photo research because the publisher had a photo department that pulled together files and files, like every time she wore a brooch or every time she right. wore the color red or all this stuff. And by then, because that European tour, I mean, they were you know, in Europe for 10 days or something, there was just like hundreds of thousands of pictures. And I had a really good friend literally sit with me for hours on end and come through and sort of, because I, they, they said, they told, I, I could do whatever I wanted to do with a book. I mean, they knew they wanted about her fashion, but how I wanted to break it up in terms of the chapters and uh, to think about like what she's doing that is, the, what's the takeaway, you know? And that's what, yeah, like, what's, what's the gist of it? Right. Because, you know, I think that's where my magazine editor hat helped me that, I was always thinking of the reader. Like, what's the reader going to take away from this? To just talk about all these fabulous clothes, these, you know, designer clothes that she wears. It's more like, what is she doing? She's using color in an unexpected way. This is the silhouette she chooses because it's right for her body shape. This, you know, stuff like that. She's rocking the arms. She's rocking the arms. Do you have a whole chapter about sleevelessness? Um, it's, It's been a while, but definitely sleevelessness, like the right to bear arms. Right. It's definitely in there. Um, and, and really, the thing I will say most about her is that she championed young American designers. I mean, I think every first lady likes to champion American designers, but she championed young 
designers. Like, people that a lot of people hadn't heard about. Like Isabel Toledo. She put people on the map. Takoon. She put them on the map. Jason Wu. She put them on the map. And I, I, I like that, that she... Yeah. A, I like that she has fun with fashion, because it's personal style, and I believe that, like, you know my line is, the way you look tells the world everything they need to know about you. And, like, have fun with it. Experiment. Look right. modern. Update. And I love that she used color and... Yeah, I love that she showed some skin. I love all that. How does someone like Michelle Obama find a Jason Wu? Is it? Do you feel like she's tapped in, or she's got people? She's got people. Yeah, Dennis, it's she's got people. Of course, she's got people. Right, she's got people. Um, yeah, so she, she's, she's got to be. She's also got to say yes. That, that I, that's speaking Correct. to me. I want to meet that guy. Correct. That's um, right. Did you meet her much? Did you meet her at all in the course of that book? No, I did not meet her in the course of that book. Yeah. Um, what was the book people, called, ultimately? Um, Michelle Obama, First Lady of Style? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And it's probably available still on Amazon and stuff? I'm sure it is still available on probably Amazon. Probably find it used for a penny, like my, exactly. all of my books are available <laughs> for a penny. How painful is that? Like, you see for they get you on the shipping. <laughs> it is painful. It is painful. It does hurt your heart until you realize that you need them for yourself to give out as... I've used them as samples or whatever. Right, they're like party favors. Yeah, so I right. end up buying them back myself. So I want the cheapest deal I can get. Right, because the, the, the publisher give you, they give you a bunch they of them. They give you a, X amount. And then, right, and then I have to buy the rest of them. Yeah. Right. But that was so many, that was another lifetime ago. So. Right, right, right. But you did end up meeting her for the More Magazine Right, so then many years later, just yeah. last year, um, at More Magazine, we Michelle Obama was a, a guest edited an issue. I bought it on and read it all on a flight. It was fabulous. Um, thanks. Um, yeah. It was uh, hard. Um, yeah. It, in terms of, I mean, this was... First of all, she never showed up to any meeting. She was always late. I mean, you know, like... <laughs> she stealing her, office supplies. On her devices the whole time, calling in sick. Um, oh, no. So she's guest editor. So, so she was f- guest editor. So it's really, you know, we didn't work so much with her as we worked with her team. I think right. she was like 20. She had, at that time, she was 26 on her staff. And um, it was, I got, I mean, she was super involved at every step. It took us, usually it takes us six weeks to do a production cycle of a magazine. Right. You know, you plan a few months out, but the, really the... The bolts of doing the, the the magazine is six weeks. We worked on that issue for nine months because we had to spread it out. Um, right. We knew it would take more time, and because we had to factor in time for approval from right. the White House. So, you know, at, at, at every stage. And it was fascinating to sort of get a little glimpse inside it. I didn't think I was going to have so much to do with it. Right. Because um, I, at that time, I was fashion director. And I knew that we were going to do a big fashion story, sort of the best of American designers. But she wasn't going to be involved in that. We shot it on a model. And I did interview, you know, a whole slew of great American designers. But I didn't think... I, I don't know. That I, I thought I, I really thought that that's all I was going to do. But then it turned out that um, I, you know, I opened my big mouth. I knew, like, I, I, I wanted to think of, like, I wanted to do a story about, uh, like, what I thought was the most classic piece of American sportswear. So for me, it was the white shirt, the button-down shirt. So I did a story about the button-down shirt, and I interviewed some, uh, I think it was Valerie Steele, who is at the muse- the fashion museum at FIT, and... You know, Mrs. Obama was interested in that story and sh- sort of got involved in that. And then, like, I don't know. Oh, and then I was thinking, 
well, I mean, she does like fashion and people think of her as fashion. So maybe we should do some story about, you know, like first lady fashion through the years or some sort of historical thing. But no one, I don't know. I, no one really liked that idea. And then somehow it, it kind of evolved into what mark has Mrs. Obama made on the White House. And before I knew it, I'm on a train to D.C. to photograph ins- inside the White House for three days. What was that like? Oh, my God. It was so much fun. Okay. okay so, first of all, I had never been to the White House. Right. Who has? Not all, uh, some people. Uh, who has? Like, right. Millions of people every year yeah. go to the White House. And I grew up in Philadelphia. Right. Which, like, it's not that far. And Okay. I would never been to the White House. Um, I... I it was it, to say it was a career highlight would be an understatement. I'm a total history dork. I'm right. a total White House dork. And because I knew I was doing the story, I of course did like all the research in the world. And I spoke to Bill Ullman, who's the lead curator for the White House, who is a, a savant. I mean, knows everything about everything that's in the White House. And I was just so excited. So I showed up and. Um, you know, it was like, it was like out of a movie, the levels of security. How many different rooms were you going into and looking at? Well. A lot? We photographed in, we didn't get in the private quarters. No one gets in the private quarters. Right. We photographed in, I don't know, maybe five rooms. But I, but the beauty was that I was given an open pass. So you're assigned an escort, but because like, you know, so the first day the escort was with me the whole day. Right. And then the second day, you know, she's, she would be with me and she's like, do you mind if I jump back to my office to return some email? I was like, go ahead. By the third day, it was basically, I was walking the dogs. Wow. Like me, Sonny, Bo. Did you meet Sonny and Bo? Uh, met them, rolled around on the grass with them. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It was super fun. It was super fun. And Are they cool dogs? Um, well, um... Sonny's naughty. Really? Yeah. Bo's more... Bo's like the elder statesman. Right. And very, um, always ready for the close-up. And Sonny is very naughty. It's like, it's like Will and Harry. Yeah. So Bo is Will. Yes. And and Harry's like... And and Sonny is Harry. That is is exactly... That's an amazing analogy. (laughs) So the White House will love that. Um, anyway, and so it was just like, for me, it was a real thrill to be in there and, um... You know, I spent a lot of time with this Bill Ullman and told... I mean, I Did asked... Did you ever him. actually meet Michelle Obama? No. Oh, you haven't met her? No. You've done all this work around... Mm-hmm. When she was guest editor, was there something that surprised you about something that she was interested in or uh, uh, an attention to detail or, well, or something I mean, that, that... She does Because a lot of times with those things, you feel like... They, they, they put their name on it and they maybe give a few ideas. Yeah, that was... They're not, not that hands-on. That was not the case here. I yeah. was, We were all shocked at how hands-on she was. And, you know, like, reading stories at every stage and yeah. very, you know, concerned about who the writers were and who the photographers were. I mean, they, right. they took a deep dive in a way that none of us expected. That's amazing. Um, and, you know... Um, I just, I guess I was really, um, taken with how warm everyone on her team is. And, um, I, I just think that trickles down from the top. I really do. I love it. Yeah. It was great. Good. It was a good experience. Yeah. Now more magazine is no more. More is no more. Now we are both from the, you know, you've been in in magazines up until very recently. You still are. You freelance or whatever. I was in it and then I kind of left and. 
I'm should I need do I need to let magazines go or should I try to dip back into that pool and see if I can write a profile so when I talk to you I'm I'm like I I miss it and I I like writing profiles and and sometimes I think well maybe there's a still a place for me in that world a little bit I think I'm still trying to figure it out yeah because I love it too and it's I grew up with magazines and I always had the dream of working in magazines and was living the dream for a while I don't know though if I mean all I hear is millennials 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 and they're living their lives on their devices right and so everyone says to me well just just do it digitally but it doesn't work out that way. It's not a financial model. I mean, right. to get all businessy, but we no. But it's like with everything digital. Where is the money? Where is the money? Show me, me the money. money. Exactly. Right. I can't produce uh, these fashion stories and these. I mean, the travel stories that we produced at yeah. more were the m- most luscious, gorgeous travel stories. Like you felt you were in Bangkok. Right. Um, you can't do that and make six pennies online if that. So yeah. Um, I don't know, like, I definitely, a lot of my friends keep saying to me, you know, take a minute, say your goodbyes, light some incense, what do you have to do? Magazines are over. Um, I still love it. I know. So, you know, I'm... Well, every time i visit you, you would think, oh, you weren't sure how long more would last. And then I'd come in another year and it's like, it's still there, it's still <laughs> going. And then it finally happened. Were you surprised when it finally came down? You know, it's, it was so weird because I expected it for so long and right. yet when it happened, it was like someone literally punched me oh. in, in my gut. Um, and we were really super close and corny. We were such a close now, staff. Now you always we, talk about how much you liked your coworkers. Right. I, I love my coworkers. We were a very tight, small, close staff Yeah. and kind of felt like a little bit we'd been through the war together. So yeah. it's like those foxhole friendships, like literally we fought, we fought for a couple of years at the end, like really fighting to keep it going. And I think there was a camaraderie that, you know, just produced this closeness that I had never felt another staff. I mean, mind you, you know, I've loved all of my jobs and all of my staff, but this was certainly a special staff. Um, but you know, Dennis, change is good. Change is good. Change is good. Change is good. And I feel like, um, I'm trying to, you know, just open my mind to the possibilities. Um, are there magazines that you still read? Like, I love New York Magazine. I still like I New York still, Magazine. I, still, I mean, I read The New Yorker because right. I live in New York City, so it's sort of like legislation was passed. Right. If you're Jewish and you live in New York City, you have to read The New Yorker, so right. check, check, check. Um, you know, I, st- I like to look at W, but right. now that I don't get it free at my office, I'm not right. sure I would actually go out and buy it. Right. So, I don't, is You'll that use the, Miles for it. That's the I way I, I use Miles for <laughs> magazines now. No, but seriously, like, what is that? That's like, you know... Yeah. The rubric for it. Um, but, you know, like, I'm writing now for Manhattan Magazine, and it's right. a magazine I really like because, you know, it's the world I live in, so it's kind of, there's something super fun about... The place around the corner that you yeah, love. Yeah, exactly. And, and being able to pitch stories, like, so, you know, I'm, I'm writing a profile of this woman, Jill Cardman, who stars in the Bravo show Odd Mom Out, and Jill has grown up in New York her whole life. She famously went to Spence with... Gwyneth Paltrow and her right. father, Ari Kopelman, ran Chanel for like 30 years. And they're really an entrenched New York family. And the show takes place in New York. And it's about this, like a Jewish girl in New York who marries into the waspiest family and feels like the odd mom out. And it's very right. funny and kind of yeah, a little bit over the top. But like, it's just so much fun. I spent time with Jill and her husband, Harry, and I went to the set for the day. And it was super fun. Right. So like, I definitely feel like I, there's still stuff that I want to do in the magazine world. 
Um, How do you record your interviews now? Digital, digital recorder. Yeah, I, I do a digital recorder. And then you, there's a, is a transcription program that you use when you like. I, I still, don't even know the nuts and bolts of it anymore. I still have a transcription service. So oh, that you do it. Yeah. I email them the file. Yeah. And they transcribe it for me. Right on. Um, but you know more, you know more and more now. I'm actually doing it real old school. I'm taking notes on the fly. Because, especially if you're, if you're someplace, if you're not sitting at a table talking to someone, yeah. you're like on the set, I'm just scribbling notes as I go. Yeah. And I'm super, you know, I'm pretty fast um, doing it that way. Good that you take good notes. Did you see the movie Spotlight? Yes. I, my, one of my favorite details was that Rachel McAdams took the serious notes. Yeah. She was like, scribble, 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 scribble. Because that, that, I believe that. A lot of them are like not writing anything down right. or recording and I'm like. No, she was really writing down everything. Right, right. And, you know, I, I find with people, when I'm, you know, they see, obviously see that I'm writing things down. And a lot of people are surprised, you know, oh, wow, you're really doing it old school. Whatever. But... Well, you have to write a story where you you have to... That's right. And, and I... It's not a luxury. It's like, you have to do it. Well, I also remind people that when they're misquoted, they're going to be rip shit. So yeah. let's get it right. And there are plenty of times where I'll have to ask someone to repeat something. There are times, you know, I'm sure, especially with celebrities, sometimes they'll say things and then the minutes out of their mouths, they're like, oops. And I will have them repeat it. And there have been times where I've actually, you know, been writing and I will show it to them. So they like, just as a, just you know, say, this is what it looks like. This is what it looks like. <laughs> right. Right. And wow. Have you ever let someone take something back? I'm sure that I maybe have, but maybe in that moment, like, or, or somebody said, you know, that thing I said about such and such, I, I'm sure I've, I've always tried to respect their wishes. Same. I've done it. I've definitely, I've definitely done it. Yeah. I'm, I like, I don't, <clears throat> I don't think there's any glory in like, for me, the, the stuff I write wasn't that hard hitting. It was right. like, Same. you know, and if somebody, I, I usually tried to respect their wishes. Right. Um, there, like there were times, so I interviewed Drew Barrymore, like just that time where she was ending her marriage to, was it Tom Green? Yeah. The comedian? And I really liked, I really liked Drew a lot. Um, it's, I knew that the interview was too revealing. She was, and that's like in keeping of who she is, but right. I knew it was, this is before we, you know, went to Africa, but I knew it was too revealing. And I, I called, I called her and said, you know, I just want you to think of, think about it a little bit. And she did sort of want to soft pedal some stuff. It was like, it was just a little too, I knew it was too much. I knew. It's so interesting though, the the world of celebrity interviews and magazines, like with Jennifer Garner coming out of Vanity Fair and doing the, doing the, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about my marriage. She would never have been on the cover of Vanity Fair if she weren't going to yeah. spill the tea about Ben a little bit. But how much to say and what to say and what those little quotes were that got all the traction. And but I also, it's I very mean, interesting being on, you know, being in the seat to negotiate those deals. Yeah, which I have not been in that seat in a while. Um, I certainly think that it was part of the deal that she had to agree yeah. in, oh, in sure. writing that she would. And I think, you know, say some stuff. Yes, 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 yes. Because certainly I remember back in the Marie Claire days, I mean, we would have the off limits. Um, yeah. Topics. Yeah. Um, and you know, I remember uh, a cover that we end up not doing the celebrity because everything was off limits and it would yeah. not have been a story. Um, 
Do you, can you say who it was? Or do you even remember? I do remember. <laughs> okay. Um, it was it was uh, the second time we went to do J- J-Lo. Okay. Because, this is when I, my time there, I don't know how many times they've done our total, but did a cover story with J-Lo. Uh, you, were, you know David Keeps? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, L.A. writer. Yeah, L.A. writer to an old friend of mine. He did the interview and it was literally, so he did the interview and it, it was, um, yeah, you know, not going to get married again, all this stuff. And literally she was probably planning the wedding to Mark Anthony yeah. while she was there. And so we looked like idiots because she wouldn't say anything about anything. So the next time when it came down the pike whatever else is going, you know, whatever the current shit was going on in her life, we right. said, you know, but you need to, and she, you know, Benny Medina's her agent and wouldn't do it. And so we, we just didn't do it. Yeah. We just, it just was like, okay. I she's love J-Lo. I, well, I like to look at her like she's the sun. I think she, she's so no, spectacular. She is the sun. I, I truly think she's one of the most breathtaking. <clears throat> yeah. Breathtakingly beautiful women ever. And like her, her skin. I know. And she just gets more beautiful. I know. I interviewed her on the set of Anaconda for Movie Line and she changed clothes in front of me. It was really exciting. Are you kidding? No. And Ohani Noah was flying in that day and they were going to have sex and she was very excited about that. Wow. Yeah. I had my J-Lo. I had a J-Lo moment. You, uh, more than a moment. But it's weird. Like, I talk about magazines. Like, I was really in... The, I was somebody in that world. Like, I, I wrote a lot. Yeah. And I was, like, big stories and interviewing people yeah, and... But you're such a good writer and you're so good with people. Thank you. But I, it makes me a little... It's a little poignant because I really was somebody in that world. And I and yeah. I, I don't know where I am now in my world, but but it, it we did it when we we did it when it was awesome to do it. That's right. And I always remember that. Like it's not that way anymore. I know. Quite. I don't want to. I don't want to be that. Like I, you know, you and I, we're old friends, and we right. talk about this. I, I, I don't want to be that. Per- like I, I definitely feel like I'm in that point of transition now, where I too am trying to sort of come to terms with who am I now, and I was in that world and. Like, is it all over? And I had, it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, the, the, the curtain's closing on me. And I don't want to be that person because I, I want to, like, <laughs> I want to be that person. You be mean like, I don't make it look so much fun? <laughs> I don't make it look that much fun? Is that what you're you saying? Know, I want to be that person who just, like, is, like, I want to be that 80-year-old woman who's excited about the next thing. Yes. Yes. Like, who's listening to the new music right. and... <clears throat> taking a trip to Iran because that's the cool place to go. You know, like, whatever. Yeah. I, want, I want to be that person. But also, it's not just about our place in that in that world. It's also an appreciation for that world. Like, look, the Jennifer Garner Vanity Fair moment, it couldn't, it wouldn't have, I don't think it would have happened on television. It might have happened in an interview. Like, it was built for the magazine world. Agree, agree. That moment. Agree. Her. Um, and so I still think it's that, I think, I still think it's some, there's something great I, there. I, I mean, I think there's an intimacy you get when you're interviewing someone for yeah. a print that you don't get in other yeah. places. There's just, you, it just doesn't exist. You see, you see celebrities go on talk shows and stuff and it's just not the same. It's just yeah. not digging in and spending the time with them. And I always loved observing people. Um, the best, the best, the best at it was Bill Zemi. Yeah. Um, and he has, I mean, why don't I plug Bill Zemi? Because he's got a book, a collection of his interviews, of his profiles, that is so fabulous. Yeah. Um, it's inspiring. He really was just the most incredible observer. And he was doing it back for Rolling Stone and GQ and Esquire back, I want to say, in the 80s and 90s, when right. you really had access to people and would spend, you know, 
days. Multiple days with them. Right. 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 Where's the most uh, unusual place you got to go for for work? For work. God. Um. I don't. I don't think I had any place like super unusual. I mean, definitely the most thrilling place being in the White House. Yeah. Super thrilling. But were you when you were there at the White House? Were you just there to take the pictures, or were you you were talking to? The I person? was talking, yeah. talking and taking, and yeah. Um, but like, I, I think I like it best when you're doing sort of normal things, even like going to get the dry cleaning, or just yeah. like normal ish things. The worst is when you're just trapped in a hotel room. Yeah, and or a publicist's office. Oh, and the you're worst. like, there's no, there's nothing. That can happen. That will be my lead. You know, it's like. Did you have you have you ever had to interview someone with the publicist there? Yeah, I have, but not not that, not that often. But sometimes. not that often. But I one memorable. Yeah, who? One of Paltrow. Really interesting. Yep. Now you, I did. you have like a great experience with Gwyneth? I, right, Gwyneth was one of my right. gals in well, the nineties. Right, and and I remember I, I interviewed her a few times. Okay, so do you? Remember, she liked me. Yes, and yeah. you, I remember like when I was going to do this interview. This is. Long time and I liked her. She had a much better sense of humor and was a cooler, like she liked St. Elmo's Fire. Like she was a cool, like pop culture girl. Okay. And then, the, so this whole sort of um, elitist, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of that stuff is, I'm sure it's part of her personality, but it wasn't something that I saw when I was interviewing her. Okay. So I knew that you, like she was your gal yeah. and you had the great experience. And I remember calling you before I was going to do that interview and you were I never you said oh don't worry you guys are going to love each other you're totally going to bond over your love for 80s music and I was like awesome I right. love 80s music she was, great great okay uh, it was just it was you're, you're like you walk in and you're like um, there was Human League anybody nothing Duran Duran nothing nothing there was literally yeah. Culture Club anything and um, it was in the only cool. Oh, the cool thing though was it was when she was a spokesperson for Estee Lauder. Okay. And we did it in Estee Lauder's, the actual person, her office at the Estee Lauder headquarters, which was kind of cool because yeah. it was like a crypt for a fashion, right? And, and like just you. like she was so iconic, and to yeah. be in her personal office, which by the way is has been left untouched. I mean, I don't know if it's still that way. She's but, no longer alive. As no, 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 no. She's yeah. no longer. But they have kept her right. office as like some homage to her, and I just like being in that office. And and so with Gwyneth and you know the publicist was sitting there like legs crossed, foot bouncing up and down, what, looking at her watch the whole time, which I found annoying. Yeah. Um. And it ended up. It did. So it's not. It's the story gets worse. So I did this interview, and this was back back then. I don't know if you remember. Um, it was when she famously talked about Americans as yes. being piggish tourists, yes. tracksuit wearing tourists. That was, and it got picked up everywhere yeah. and they were rip shit. And that was my interview in Mary Claire. And I ended up, that was, you, oh, you wrote the one. Yeah. It, yeah. it literally got picked up and reprinted everywhere. Right. Um, but for sure that we didn't bond during the interview. Right. The love was totally lost because... She felt she got in so much trouble. for she it. She got in so much trouble for it, and but she again sitting down with a recorder. I'm pressing the on button. Like that's why. And but okay, but that was the first of them we saw many many times. She tried to take back things that she said. I was misquoted. Like sweetheart, just own it. That's what I just want to say to all these all 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 of them. Own it. You said it. Own it. Yeah. Well, and also she's the kind of person that. 
she steps in it, a shitstorm happens, she tries to clear it up, the next day, she's going to step in it again, sure because is. she she doesn't quite get it. She does exist on another... I think she thinks that she exists on another... I think she, she yeah. kind of does. My memory of her, though, was, um, we got on great, and... Uh, she played 80s Name That Tune with me. Oh, I would have uh, loved to play well, that. I, I was on the phone. Like, I just had a birthday, and it was an 80s birthday or something. Oh. And I had I had uh, the songs already, and she's, and I played it with her. I still have a recording of it. Maybe oh. I'll put it on at the end of this podcast. Oh. Gwyneth Paltrow playing 80s Name That Tune with me. But I also remember I had interviewed her uh, for Detour Magazine for Emma. Or it was, around the, it was yeah, right yeah. around that time. And she was signing books, copies of Emma, for the Golden Globe voters while we did the interview. Are you kidding? No. And that's so, like, I remember that. She's, like, signing them book after book wow. after book for the... Multitasking. Yeah. Multitasking. I mean, right around the time, we, you know, I watched her do it. That's um, so funny. I know, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's but good. It is good. Now, going back to the White House, what was yeah. different about the space than you thought it would be? Is it smaller than you think? It's small. It's, it, in a lot of ways, it was smaller than I thought. Is the uh, toilet paper special or anything like that? The toilet paper was not special at all. Yeah. I did find the nicest bathroom. Yeah. Um, uh, the downstairs in, there's like a salon with all the portraits of the first ladies, or a lot of portraits of first ladies. Yeah. And that bathroom, you know, FYI, next time you go, that's the bathroom to use. I don't know if actually visitors can use it, whatever. Um... You know, it was I was there right after a big function. Like maybe it was a state dinner or not. And now I'm not remembering, and it wasn't that long ago. And the flowers were kind of unbelievable, and um, there was a lot of food left over. Wow! So I got to taste some leftovers, you know, some leftovers in the kitchen, and um, yeah. And they so used to have a really haughty chef. I don't know if they still do. Like a muscly chef guy that sort of became a celebrity. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. He, he was not around, but there okay. were a lot of people in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, that was really fun. And and they it had they gave us these um, little, little, I guess, party favors or whatever. They were boxes of M&M's and Hershey's Kisses that had the presidential seal. Oh, how cool. Oh, I still have one. You, yeah. yeah, you don't want to eat them. You have to yeah, save no, them. No, no, no. I'm oh. going to take a picture of it before I leave and post it on okay. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, I was like, oh my God, it's a presidential box of candy. It's amazing. I know, it was exciting to me. Um, I will say um, the Secret Service across the board, hot. I bet. Yes. It's super hot. I mean, they a story. Baby, you They're can... protect and serve. Like, yeah. They will take a bullet. And whatever you want to search on me, it's go for go it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that was that was really cool. And um, so the, the first day we were there, we did our exterior shot of the White House. And um, it, there was some... There's always people kind of barking about something outside the White House. Freedom of speech. Right. And so there was some, you know, little thing going on and um they like they assigned us secret service wow to, to protect us Even how many we, people did you have we had, did you have a body man i didn't personally have a right. body man although he, boy i remember those blue eyes but whatever we, they, they, gave us, like, <laughs> they gave us two people and we were inside the gate but still you know they just want us to feel protected and we took right. all these pictures and then and it was the, the end of the day, kind of a sunsetty thing. And then we left, and we were going to come back the next day. So you, you, we come back the next day, and all of our equipment, our computers, everything has to be taken and scanned. You have to be searched and scanned. Go through metal. It's a whole, it's a whole mission. It's a whole, as lot. my people would say. And 
Then once we got inside, we had to fire, the photographer had to fire up the computer and the head of the Secret Service had to go through frame by frame and look at every single picture we had taken of the exterior to make sure that we were not um, compromising security because they're sharpshooters and yeah. I guess cameras and also so and you know a couple of them had to be deleted. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that was pretty cool. There were a couple of pictures that caught the wrong thing. Right, you know, like me flashing my boobs. No, yeah. Um, it, but so yeah, so that was that was kind of wow. cool, and it was just like it was fun being in in there. Um, it was like I'd seen it in history books. It was books like the West and, Wing, you know? Oh, the West Wing. And I did, I went into that media room where they, they give the, um, like, the, the media briefings. Yeah. And I stood up on the stage behind the podium with the presidential seal on it. Yeah, That's it was so sort of cool. super, it was super fun. You caught a few shots of yourself? Uh, yeah. Obviously. I mean, nothing beat playing with the dogs, and that the only thing my children were interested in was, so did cool I meet you got the to dogs? Play with the dogs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Naughty Sunny. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Naughty Sunny. I Naughty love Sunny. Naughty Sunny. Now, you do a fair share of uh, television appearances, like yep. Today Show sure. and stuff like that. Is that. You're great on camera. You're great on radio. Do you, have, do you get nervous when you do that? Not really. Have you ever had to do one of those ones where you're not in the room with the people, but you're on a headset? Yes. Have you done that? No. Is oh, it weird? Gosh. What's it like? Okay, so when I was at... In my years at Moore, I've been, really yeah. been attached to the Tay Show. But when I was at Mary Claire, I was there for six years, and I did a lot of Entertainment Tonight and a lot of stuff on the E! Channel. You know, they would do right. those specials, E! True Hollywood Story. Right. Um, but I also regularly appeared on a CNN show called Showbiz Today with A.J. Hammer. Of course. And A.J. But, Hammer is hot. The nicest guy. I mean... That's good to know. I found him to be the nicest guy. So, they're all in Atlanta, in the studio, and they would put me in a little, like, studio box at the CNN Center here at Columbus Circle in New York, alone. They would put an earpiece, and there would be a camera pointed at me. Wow. But... And I would hear everything, and I'd be (laughs) interacting, but I wasn't on set with them. And it took... It took, like four of those for me to get the hang of I'm in a dark room by myself and I'm yucking it up with my co yeah people so it took a while to get used to it yeah but you felt like you did okay ultimately you know I can't say I uh go back and look at any of that um but I I found that to be the most challenging being on on with people I mean I've, I've been on like a bazillion times with Kathy Lee and Hoda and I have a relationship with them now and I'm, you know, it's a friendship and so it just feels like super natural. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've only done a handful of... Do you drink when you do Kathy and Lee and Hoda? As much as possible. You do? I, I just, no. Um, no, I will do say... Do you do any? Because they're always got the wine. Going. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I'm not often offered the wine except we did the show we did for Kathy Lee's 60th birthday. Right. Not only were we drinking, we were drunk by the time because we did a whole show and then we had a little break and then we did a post tape of the birthday show. Right. So, yeah, you stop and start and you drink. I mean, it, it got so silly and so sloppy at the end. That's actually, that's good footage. That's, that's yeah. fun footage. And we had like the New York City firefighters come out at the end shirtless to give her her cake. And we were literally all lit by then and giggling and no one was using the teleprompter and it was a hot mess. I um, loved it though. It was, it was super fun. But like, I've, I've only done a handful of um, segments with Matt Lauer yeah. and I always felt like um, I don't know I always felt like it was more serious and I don't really have any kind of you know friendship or relationship with him so I just always felt like a little like I had to be on my best behavior except the last one I did he was super fun and 
loose. And Good. I feel like Matt's gotten looser as he's gotten as he's gone along, and like yeah. he's doing more fun things, which I right. like to see that side of him. You know, why not? And boy, he can rock a super skinny suit. Yeah. Like no one's business. That's good. He's His, probably got thin That legs. shit is tailored. He is like... He's got it going on. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any Anderson Cooper stories? Have you met him or run into no, him? No, I have never met him or run into him, but I did just watch the documentary that he did. Oh, I want to watch that. You need to watch it, and then we need to discuss it. I love his giggle the most. I do, too. I think it's so I do too. irresistible. I um, kind of like he and Andy Cohen have been going around I know. on tour, and I really kind of wanted to see it. I know. Because I do secretly have a crush on Andy Cohen. Okay. Saying it probably means it's not so secret anymore, but... Do you know, we, I had a crush on him, because I worked with him on a pilot. Do you remember you this? Did? No. In the mid-2000s, I made a pilot for a show that was like Talk Soup meets The View meets Pop Culture. And it was for Bravo, and it was me, Andy Cohen, Seth Rudutsky, who we no! talked about, and my friend Aaron Quill. It was three guys and a girl. It was called Dishin. Wait, I mean, it was Aaron instead of me. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I, I don't know what the fuck, I don't know. I don't happened. know what happened there. No, Something went Aaron crushed it. it was train off the tracks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, the, the girls that would have, if that show had gone, the girls that would have wanted to be that, you know, with the gays, it's so fun. But it was really fun, and we shot a pilot, and it, it didn't end up going, and that was yeah. a disappointment. But I worked with Andy, and I had a big crush on him. Oh, what can you tell me? What can you tell me? Well, I my favorite memory is um, we were rehearsing and developing the pilot or figuring out what we were going to say in the different segments, all that stuff, and they sent somebody out to Starbucks for us. And I've, as a freelancer... <laughs> Nobody even gives you a pencil. Like, everything is your job. So the idea that somebody went and got coffee for us, the, for the talent... Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it the just... big time. It just felt nice. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And yeah. so they brought him back, and I guess I had a venti, but it was <laughs> when the venti seemed to get bigger or something, it was gigantic. And I said... And I, I was sitting with Andy and a few other people, and I was like... Is it just me, or is that cup gigantic? And Andy Cohen goes, I want to fuck that cup. <laughs> and I thought it was the sexiest thing anyone had ever said. And I like was like, oh my god, he talked about fucking a cup. And like, oh. I was just like, that made me really happy. I love him. I yeah. unapologetically love him. Did you read his book? I, I bought it. I read part of it. I, what I love about him is he's, his enthusiasm. He really Agreed. does love pop culture and he loves Agreed. all this stuff. And, and I, you know, his career, I would love that career. Uh, well, he gets to interview people and, and I love doing that. And, I know. And when I feel bad that I'm not Andy Cohen, I think, well, at least I don't have to deal with the housewives. Because I don't have the housewife right. gene. Right, like, I don't right. have that. I don't either. I don't either. I don't so either. I can, that's how I rationalize it. That's right. It is a gene, actually. Yeah, like he's got a... Like a gene laced with... Silicon or something. He's got to be okay with Lisa Renna calling him at four in the morning. And, right, yeah. right, right. Which I mean, I, I don't even know how hands how involved he is anymore, but he's very much... The, the Housewives is very much his... Franchise. Domain. Yes. So... Oh, yeah. that's so funny. I want to oh, fuck that cop. I don't remember that. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't know that that... That's... Wow. I know. It was a bummer when it didn't happen. Uh, well, it yeah. It, yeah. It, it's a hard business. It's a hard... Know, yeah. It's a hard and I for, sometimes I forget... Oh, there was that big thing that almost happened that didn't happen. Sometimes I forget that they that they existed, which is probably for the best. Right. It's better than hanging on to all of that stuff. Agreed. Going, you know, you gotta let it go. But it's so funny to me, you know, sometimes I'll get, because I'm sort of out there a little bit, you know, people send me emails or Facebook messages where, oh, I saw you on blah, blah, blah. 
And I, so many times I'll get emails from, you know, like girls I went to high school with or something. And they, they'll say things like, it, it, what do you do? It just looks like so much fun. How can I get into that? And I'm thinking, baby, blood, sweat, and tears <laughs> yeah, for exactly. years. Like, yeah. How do you get into it? Uh, you started 30 years ago, and you take a lot of disappointment, and you work 16-hour days, and you miss every family occasion for 12 years, and... I don't know. That's how you get into it. And then, if you're lucky, you end up in a box talking to A.J. Hammer right. in the dark. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> For free! But maybe someone gets you a venti Starbucks. I know. Oh, it's the little things, isn't it? Oh. Now, here's some... I had a... I had went into a weird spiral when I found out that Hoda Kotb is my age. I feel like she should be older. Even though she looks good... I feel like she's like a, she's got a big sister vibe to me or something. Okay. I feel like the idea that she's my age bums me out. I don't really? know why. I don't know why. Anyway, I want to be her friend, and you're her yeah. friend, kind of. Oh uh, yeah, kind of. I, I like her and Kathy Lee. I but I really like her. I feel the same way. You know, she has a great. show on Sirius. I know. And I, and I do listen that. To it sometimes. I do that show, and it's super fun. Do you go to the same place when we remember we used to yes! be Sirius? Of course. Same place. Now that it's like on, they're on the seventh renovation of Howard Stern's booth. Really? Yeah. They, they just, just like can't... Re, they just rehabbed it again. They just can't get it right. Uh, or it can't be, like, big enough and glitzy enough and high-tech enough. enough. It's fantastic. Have you seen the booth? Can you see it? Yeah, because it's the it's a big booth when you first walk in to the main entrance. But... So you wouldn't walk in and see him doing his show, though. I... Because I always go and... Hoda's show is done in the afternoons. Right. He's, he does his show in the mornings. But you could walk in and see him doing his show, conceivably? I think conceivably, yes. Wow. Yes. When I used to go there and work and fill in and stuff, I don't think you could see his area. I thought it was sort of sequestered off. But oh, really? Yeah, but I was only there a week here and a week there. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, and Hoda's, like, in the, in the back. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, love radio. Well, you know, Andy Cohen has his own channel there now. I know. I know. He's just, I want in. I please don't. How do I get in. there from here? I don't know. So I don't know. you pick some questions from the observation deck. Okay. So let's rock a few of these. Oh, I just got that connection. The observation deck. Like, get oh, it? Oh, got it. Um, who's the most famous person you've ever been in an elevator with? John Travolta. John Travolta. What's John the story? Travolta at the Peninsula Hotel in L.A. There was some big event there. I guess he was appearing. And I grew up with John Travolta. I wa- he was in the elevator. I The elevator stopped. I got on. I, I, I almost like fell over myself getting into this elevator. I started sweating profusely at the excitement of being this close to John Travolta. I said nothing. I like tried to, you know, look at get get those glances. The hair, not quite certain about that toupee. I yeah. mean, it's it's definitely a, a lid, right? It's. Not, I think so. I think it's something's going on. It there. looked like doll hair. Right. Did you interact with him? Did no, 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 not at all, not at okay. all. But I was just it, it. My entire body was vibrating. Was there a group of people in there, or just you guys? He. Oh no, there, uh, Well, it was like his posse was okay. with him. He's a lot of handlers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your favorite waste of time? Um, watching those cheerleading competitions on TV. That's an amazing answer. I never thought you would say that. They're so precise. Why do you love them? I am, 
I find it so mesmerizing. I am drawn to them. I could spend hours on the sofa with a, like, feed bag of popcorn watching the precision. and the It's that food. moment. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Yeah. I just love it. I yeah. love it. I love it. You're like, you could be a consultant there. Maybe there's a consulting oh, job. Oh, God. What's your best? You should get into that field. You should do that. You should try. I don't know. Okay. I got to crack that one. I know. How, what's your best random celebrity sighting? Um, Woody Allen. Ooh, that's good. And Soon Yi. That's really good. Allen, I guess she is. So, They're making it work, though, Woody and Soon Yi. They seem to be. Yeah. Uh, they live not far from where I, we're sitting right here. Okay. Okay, so it was, um, I'm trying to think which president. I think a president was in town. I think it was Barack Obama in his first term. So when the president comes to town and his motorcade is driving by, like they literally, it, there's like a, a freeze and hold. There's some term they use, you know, in the biz. Right. Where they basically, they stop all traffic, they stop all foot traffic, and you are standing at a corner waiting for the motorcade to pass. So I knew the president was in town. I'm walking down Park Avenue. I get, I don't know, let's call it like, 80th and Park Avenue, the barricades are up, everybody stops, and we're waiting, and we're waiting, and I'm, I'm hearing this very familiar voice, like, that voice from all those movies, and I turn, and Woody Allen is literally standing right next to me, look like a homeless man, right. thousand percent, with Sun Yi, and it should come as no surprise, he was really funny, because we were staying there for a long time, and so he was sort of, you know, hypothesizing what... What could he be doing? Is he having a sandwich? Do he stop to get, you know, like all, right. you know, all this stuff. But I stood. He's doing shtick for you. He's doing shtick on the street corner. And we were, I mean, I, oh, I just thought of another good one. Ooh, good. Oh, good. lit up like oh, a tree. I What's thought, going oh, on? oh, this was just recently. Okay. Okay. Oh, sorry. Let me. Okay. So Woody Allen. The, so Woody Allen waiting for the presidential, I mean, waiting for a presidential motorcade to pass standing next to Woody Allen. That's pretty amazing. I feel like Woody Allen scripted this into was one of the Was Sunni laughing at him? Was she amused? Not, not particularly, no. Okay. She just let him She's go. a wife who's heard it before. <laughs> She's heard it all before. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She just didn't think he would live this long. She's like, I know. Oh, fuck. fuck. Okay. okay, so recently, this was literally in the she past. She doesn't want Netflix money. She wants, no. like, oh, anyway. She wants it done. Anyway. Okay, so um, this was just in the past six months, walking on Lexington Avenue, like near Bloomingdale's. Right. And I'm walking, and I turn, and I see right next to me is Elliot Spitzer and some woman. Wow. I think Spitzer's hot. Take that back. Really? Okay. Uh, Hot. By by hot, I meant not. No. (laughs) That's what I thought you meant. Okay. So, but, and I look, and... Former mayor of New York, prostitution scandal, or governor. He was not the mayor. He was governor. He was... No. I don't know. He was governor of New York, wasn't he? What, what 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 was he? Politics is not our area, yeah. Dennis. So perhaps we should step off of this. Anyway, he was a big politician based right. in New York. Based in New York, and, and was a hooker taken, scandal. A hooker scandal, which took yeah. him down and ended his marriage. Okay, so I'm I'm like you know walking down Lexington Avenue, yeah. going towards Bloomingdale's, and there's Elliot Spitzer, and he has a very distinct look. Everyone, go Google it. A very distinctive look, and I'm just sort of like you know we're we're strolling at about the same pace, yeah. and we come to the corner. And there's, the light is red, so we're stopped and waiting across. And on the other side of him is this kind of like schlumpy, seventy-year-old man. 
And he keeps looking at him, and I'm thinking, stop looking, we all know who it is. And he's looking, and he's like doing a double take, like it's almost like a, like in a comedy set, like right. doing a double take. And finally he goes, excuse me, you, you look so familiar to me. I, I can't, like he truly thought that this he was the kid who, like thought he knew him, thought this was the kid who delivered his newspapers or something. So funny. But he's literally like, God, you look so familiar. And Spitzer goes, mm, yeah, I don't think so. No, I was you know, slapping him on the shoulder. No, I'm telling you, you look so familiar. Did you grow up in Long Island? I, I literally am like bursting inside, going to scream with laughter. Yeah. And Spitzer just, you know, was very um, dismissive. You know, was very right. dismissive. Could not wait for that light to change. Yeah, I'm sure. Off he went. And off but, he went. He never and, said no. Nev- never Spitzer. said. Of, of course, I thought, God, just put him, put the, put the poor gentleman out of yeah. his misery and just say, dude, Elliot Spitzer, poker right. scandal. Yeah. But I didn't. Uh, that's good. That's good, though. You had good, not just random sightings, but you had really experienced. The backstory was good. Yeah. yeah. Who were your teen crushes? Oh, Scott Bale. Okay. With, uh, duh. Um, and I remember a girl I grew up with, Betsy Madway, invited him to her bat mitzvah. He did, did he show? He, he, did, he declined. But yeah. And then also the lead singer from the Bay City Rollers. Oh. Saturday night. Yeah. That's Saturday a, night. That show was in, uh, that song is in is Disaster. Oh, That's so a big good. song and disaster. So good. Those were what big. was his name, the lead singer of Bay City Rolls? I should know it. Uh, you should. I don't know. This is your Were area. they British or American? British. Okay. He was cute. Oh. Blue eyes, right? Yeah, so okay. cute. Uh, where's the coolest place you've gotten to go for work? We kind of talked about this. But I do you mean, have another place in mind when you pick that car? Um, no, I think, I mean, the White House, for me, the White House was yes. a place. But you know, I like the weird places I've been. Like, I interviewed... This 84-year-old master frame carver, he carves the picture frames that are used in big museums. Yeah. Like, going to his workshop, I like that. Sometimes the people that don't get interviewed all the time are the best. Because they're Agree. grateful, they're excited, they, they don't have their guard up, and they're... Agree. They like to talk, so... Agree. Do, give me the frame, dude. Over Gwyneth. Well, I think so. I just, yeah. I just loved him. I just thought... I, you know... I really do think that the the thing I love most about what I've done is I've gotten to talk to people who are at the top of their game. Yeah. Whoever they are. Except for that dick Lance Armstrong. Yeah. But, like, you get to talk to someone who's got a big movie coming out or a big book coming out or someone who's doing something really cool. Like, that's fun. Yeah. It's fun to talk to people who are, you know, successful, but also the common denominator is they're all incredibly hard workers. Like, yeah. I think of all these young kids today who are drooling over the celebrity culture. Man, it's you got to give up a lot. You, yeah. It's it's not easy. It is not easy. Heartbreak. Heartbreak. It's all of it. But you were saying when people are at the top of the game. I remember interviewing Celine Dion for Cosmopolitan oh. in a limo on the way to the Oscar rehearsal for Titanic. Cut about being in the eye of the. Storm, and she was really sweet. In the eye of the glacier, I was in the eye of the glacier. I was in the eye of the glacier. What was she like? Um, okay, wait. Sleep, I love her. I love kind. her. Don't boss my body. No, she was wonderful. Um, and Canadian songstress. Yes, and girl. I think I gave her a copy of my book. And do you read? And there was a, kind of an awkward moment where I look back and I'm like, "What was I doing?" Oh, we've all had but, this. Yeah, but it was fine. She was sweet. I remember being in the hotel suite before we left, and Renee was there, and a lot of other people. Yeah. But you felt like she was saving her voice. She was, she was you know. Oh yeah. She, yeah I yeah. felt like she was very um, 
disciplined about her voice and her, her and using it and yeah. saving it so she can sing. And I find that like I, I my Mar- I met Mariah Carey and she's yeah. super careful about her voice. You kind of have to be. You do. Oh, how crazy was she? Is she okay? She's a cat up her tree. She's so crazy. <laughs> I never heard that expression. <laughs> oh my yeah. god. Yeah, what was she- it for? What magazine? Or was it for magazine? Seventeen. Wow. Oh, going back into the archives. Yeah. She create. I mean, true. Do you think I'm too old to write for Seventeen? I, I do. I do. I, <laughs> they I, used to. I used to write for Seventeen, and I used to write write for Young and Modern. Do you remember YM? Uh, of course. And I was like, you know what? I do have the sensibility of a fourteen year old girl. I can did get. Did we meet when I was at YM? I don't know. Super briefly. I, I don't know. know. Maybe. I don't think we did. I didn't, you came around later when I was more sophisticated. Yeah. There's no way on God's green earth you and I can do that. Yeah. Now. That's done. It's over. Yeah. And I can't I can't write about end scene. End scene. That's how we'll end it. I can't write about the soap punks to watch this season. No, no. No, I can't uh-uh. do an A to Z on Keanu Reeves like oh, I did. Oh my God, Keanu. I know. All right. Well, Susan, it's been delightful talking to you. You're active on Instagram. You deliver the fashion. Yes, I do. Um, because fashion matters is my hashtag. So I love it. Um, follow me. Did you invent that? Yeah, I did. That's good. Well, I don't know. Why about does that. it matter? Um, because the way you dress tells the world everything they need to know about you. It's when you like said that, it gets me bummed out because I'm, I feel like in your like perfect old timey t-shirt with the, with the microphone. Yeah, it's cute. Because it's like, I think, I think the way you dress is your instant messaging system. Yeah. It's like you're putting it out there and we live in a, in a, a hyper visual world. So, yeah. you know, it's, you're, you are sending messages. Um, yeah, that's what I think. I love it. All right. Follow her on Instagram. It's just your at name, su- at, at Susan, Susan Swimmer. Swimmer. And um, you also had that fun book you did a few years ago. Um, he, uh, is oh, he the one? Is he the one? Yeah. It's about, like, if you're trying to find the guy. 101 questions that will lead you to the truth if you're trying to find the guy or the girl of your dreams. What's the question that you think of the most when you think of that book? Or that you still think of as, like, wow, that's really insightful yeah that was like a that's a wild card one but you know what it's right on the money will he share his dessert in a restaurant yes of course yes not some, some guys, guys don't, don't. No, some people are like i bet lance armstrong like, probably doesn't he's a dick he's like grew up in prison he's <laughs> i love when you call him a dick <laughs> i love it. it's my favorite curse word i know is it yeah for sure i love it dick dick what a dick all right thank you susan swimmer i love you this is delightful you, this has been you. so much fun all right And we'll uh, say goodbye now. Bye. Thanks again to Susan Swimmer. Check her out on Instagram and follow her. She always posts her cool outfits. Um, Okay, so I came back home to L.A. and I found the cassette that I mentioned when I was talking to Susan of Gwyneth Paltrow calling in and playing 80s name that tune. Um, It would have been like 94, I think. I had a birthday party that was an 80s themed birthday party in... September of 94, and this would have been soon after that. Um, You could hear a few other friends in the background. I think it's my roommate at the time, Tony, and my friend Paul, I think, was there. You can hear a few of us laughing. Um, When she gets one right, I get really excited for her, and I listen to it, and I hear in my voice, oh, if she loves, if she does well, she will like this, and she will like me. Like, I can hear in my voice, oh my god, this celebrity's liking me. She's into this. We're connecting. And you could hear how excited it all makes me. But um, it was a lot of fun. And you could play along as well. So uh, check this out. And then after this, I have a little So This Happened about my um, visit to New York. So stick around. Enjoy. Oh, my God. You're so funny, Dennis. This is Gwyneth Paltrow calling. I'm so bummed you're not home. 
take you on and succeed better than anyone has before at the 80s games. So, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. One point for, um, you get one point for each song and one point for each artist. Okay. And you can hear it twice. All you get is, like, the intro, though, okay? Oh, God, okay. You don't get words. Okay, I'm panicking. Are you panicking? Totally. Okay. Did you hear that? Yep. Do you know what it is? I want to rock with... All right. All right, very good. It's one. Okay. Do you know it? Um, it's, yes. Uh, I'll tumble through. Yeah. Who sang it? <laughs> Who sang it? Called Triple Up? Boy George. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, it's long. Any guess? Okay, here we go. Okay. That's it. Jackson. Yep. Um. Wait, hold on. Uh. Oh God. Oh. Hold on. Here it comes. You can hear it again. <laughs> Thank you for that bass line. <laughs> um, oh, God. I loathe myself right now. <laughs> Wait. Oh, oh. Oh, when I think... Yes! <laughs> Two points. Okay, here we go. Now It's Wham, Careless Whisper. Oh, shit, that's so unfair. <laughs> that's not the way it starts on the It's supposed radio. to go, da 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 Okay. Oh, man, that is so underhanded. <laughs> okay, you'll come back with this one. Okay. Oh, Madonna. What song? Like a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. That's so quick. <laughs> I know. I know. It's hard, and you're. And it's a bad connection too. Uh. You got me. Always something there to remind me. Oh Naked eyes. God! That's. Oh my God! <laughs> so bitter. Okay, here we go. This next one you'll do. Yep. What's the song? Painted Love. <laughs> okay. Um. I know. Hold on. Hold on. Do you want to hear it again? Yeah. 
Yep. Sunglasses at night. yourself more or less after this experiment. <laughs> more clay. <laughs> Three points out of 70. It's pretty good. More than half. Not that good. Oh my god, that was so surreal to listen to. Talk about a mind fuck. Um, there were so many things that jumped out at me from that. First of all, like, um, when I say I loathe him about Lionel Richie, that's really harsh. And I think I used the word loathe because she had previously said I loathe myself right now. I think I was just trying to fit in and be cool. I felt like I came down a little hard on Lionel. But it was so fun to listen to her play and all of us laughing and having a good time. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Okay, so this happened. Well, a lot happened. I went to New York, as you know, because I did a podcast from New York with Susan. But also, previously, I, I interviewed Jack Plotnick and Seth Rudutsky backstage at their musical Disaster. So I saw Disaster. Totally a blast. Here are the other shows I saw while I was in New York. American Psycho. Fun Home and American in Paris. Okay, so let's start with American in Paris. I was kind of in the mood for something beautiful. I didn't want to be... I didn't want to dig deep into feelings, mine or anybody else's. I wanted to see pretty beautiful things. Hear sweeping music. I love Gershwin. I think he might be my favorite of the sort of classic American composers. Um, But the cool thing about this show is... You know, the lead actors sing and dance and act, but the kind of dancing that at least two of them do is full-on classical ballet, pretty much. I mean, they are trained, and then they sing and act. And you don't see that a lot, where 
the triple threat is a kind of classical style of dance. And it was beautiful. I, I was really caught up in the story, and there's um, a gay sort of subplot situation happening, but it's, I like the way it was told and handled. I thought it was interesting and, and honest and great. Okay, so that was cool. And then American Psycho, I'm a huge fan of Duncan Sheik. So I was really excited to see this musical. I never read the book. I never saw the movie, which is crazy. But I did enjoy myself very much. It's slick. It's provocative. Um, it's very 80s. There's a lot of nudity. Uh, the guy's in his underwear a lot. And a lot of the other supporting guys are also in their underwear sometimes. And the supporting characters, there's some, there's some really inspired acting uh, in them. That they, you know, they make... They take a line that isn't that funny and make it really, really funny. Um, so I was into it. I was. It was the most. Um, it was the most I leaned forward in my trip to New York. So, but at the end, this was a preview. At the end, I could feel like sort of the people in the mezzanine where I was, who were like fans of the book or whatever. They were kind of all into it, and I could feel like the more, like, Broadway regulars were kind of like, I don't really care for this kind of thing. There was a little... So I'm curious to see how the reviews are and how it does. And then, what else? Fun Home. Um, I wanted to cry and be devastated, and I wasn't, although I really did enjoy it. The um, the young girl especially, and uh, Michael Cerveris, just breaks your heart. He's so dysfunctional. And... One of the cool things I loved is how exuberant the kids were. There are three kids in it, and they have this one really fun number, and they were directed like kids. They were just sort of bouncing off the walls. The energy of them was unrelenting, and that was like really like, oh, man, that's what it's like to be a kid. I remember that. Um, my favorite thing, though, happened right before Fun Home started. Okay, we're it's in the round, and we're sitting in a row, and in front of us is a door frame with a door that people can go in and out of that's part of the set. Well, it was sort of blocking a couple of the seats down from us. And so the people in those seats decided right before the show that this door was going to ruin their night and they needed to change seats. So they started to get up, and I mean literally seconds before, you know, the lights were going to go down and the, the show was going to start. And the usher came over to them and said, no, it's going to be fine, you know, um... The, the thing goes down after... The, the door goes down after a few minutes and you're going to be fine. And the woman was arguing. She's like, but we won't be able to see. And finally the usher goes, five Tonys. I think we know what we're doing. The usher was having Tony pride and used that Tony pride to shut that shit down. All right. What else happened in New York? I went to see... Um, what? my fr I saw Friends. I saw the... Um, World Trade Center. I didn't go to the museum, but I saw the, the Fountains of Memorial. I think I talked about that last time. It was really powerful. And Oh, I know what I was going to share with you. Um, a guest that I have on a podcast coming up, Joey Kuhn, a filmmaker, turned me on to this cool new app, and I've been using it for about a week and a half. It's called One Second Every Day. And what you do is you take a short video of something you're doing that day. And you can be in it, or it can be your point of view, or whatever. Just something that says something about your day. You choose. Whatever. And then you pick one second of it, and then it saves it in, like, a calendar layout. And then at the end of the year, you're going to have a little four-minute movie of one second of every day of the year. Isn't that cool? And it can send you reminders. I'm just learning how to use it. But I've started mm -hmm. using it, and um, I think it's fun. 
I think the guy that invented it was sort of, one of the things he said is that he doesn't always remember things he does. He doesn't keep a journal. Uh, so that kind of helps him in that way. But also he was noticing how people would go to a concert and just video the whole thing. And he was like, no, just take a second. And you can, you know, it can prompt that memory and you can be there in the moment a little more. So I don't know. So far I'm into it. We'll see how long I last. I think it's kind of a neat thing. One second every day. All right. That's it. Uh, go to DennisAnyone.net if you want. And uh, thank you for listening. And we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.